Hey, what's new? Oh, well, um, I've inherited a campground for kittens. Oh, Yeah, I love them so much. Yeah, it sounds like you've got some intense felines. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kit Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Aerith Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast for two queer trans women. That's us. We're wifey types. We, we, we talk about media we've consumed in the week and have a bit of a catch up and a, a silly little giggle. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm alright. I'm petting a little kitten. Yeah, she's come to join us for the podcast today. Yeah. Come for a little settle. She's a little lap baby. You can tell the sun has gone down. She has become very much more, I need a, a human for warmth and Yeah, sleep. there's been about four months in which she's not been a particularly, like, cuddle-up-on-laps kitty, and as soon as the weather turned uh, wintry, <laughs> she's like, hello, I'm back for cuddles now. As soon as we got below 22 degrees, she's like, now is the time. It's like, <laughs> I'm glad we have that in common, because I too am like, Stretch, like 22, 22, 21 and a half degrees is about... My it's, now it's, I'm a bit chilly. Now it's hoodie weather. Yeah, sort of. I can I can wear a light hoodie, maybe. Yeah, I need a lighter hoodie. I have several yeah. major hoodies, but the um, one I'm wearing today is nice and a, thin. It's a lovely hoodie. It's very soft. It's very You're soft. Very cuddleable. Yeah. Not that you aren't usually, but well, extra soft. Well, we've been consuming bits of media this we week, have, probably. On, on uh, some media. of the things we've played. What have you mm. been playing this what week? What have I been playing? Well, um, just to recap, I've. Played a whole bunch more um, Signalis. I'm still continuing to stream that. There's now three of those streams up. Very much enjoying Ooh. it so far. It's giving me an excuse to practice little bits of German. <laughs> even though I know that as soon as I press like right to scroll to the next bit of text, it will tell me in English what the thing in the background is saying. It's like, but I want to practice the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been been fun doing that. And, and chat have been lovely. And um, yeah, we got into quite an interesting conversation about the difficulty level that I tend to play horror games at, which is easy, or casual in this case. Um, And the reason for that being the horror games that I have given up on, like Alien Isolation. Yeah. Loved it, watched loads of playthroughs of it, it seemed really interesting. For some reason, the few times I have tried to play it, and I've, like, like done the full install i've got ready to play it's a huge install i've tried to stream it it won't stream for some reason for whatever reason it will not connect to as soon as i like turn on obs it's like no 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 not allowed no (laughs) streaming for you um so that's never happened but like i always end up just getting like immediately ganked by the alien repeatedly and it's there's like well now i'm just bored i don't have that tension anymore of ah, i don't want to get caught and in this like you like i'm i'm getting hit occasionally but it's like i yes but i only got hit like once or maybe twice and that was in enough that it kept the tension and kept me wanting to play but maybe didn't wasn't like a oh yeah well what should have happened is that thing should have hit you once and you immediately die it's like, yeah, but if that happens more than once, I'm just going to be bored with it. All of the tension and and and, and free cortisol <laughs> yeah. is going to be just like completely lost. And at that point, I will probably lose interest in in the game as a whole. But chat have been really nice, just like not not judging me for that. And also stream attacks. Yes, yes. <laughs> for anyone who's not aware of the term, it's the 
I'm paying attention to chat and the game and trying to hold conversations, and that makes everyone worse at games. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, like, a, a, conf- a thing I see a lot of people do is they conflate the idea that making a horror game harder makes it scarier. Mm. And I don't think that's true. I think very, I very much am in the same camp as you, where if the difficulty is progre- preventing me progressing in a way where I know what's coming and I'm struggling to get past it and have to repeat the same supposed-to-be-scary moment over oh. and over, it kills the pacing, it kills the tension, and it kills the scariness. Yeah. It stops being scary if I have to see the same thing play out the same way oh. multiple times in a row. And, like, Alien Isolation's a great example of that, where it's like, ah, I'm seeing the game for what it is as a piece of, uh, piece of media gatekeeping my progression mm. and not being in the moment of the whole experience yeah it's a shame because like i've watched people play alien isolation and it the, like i've seen lots of people have these experiences of oh yeah well you know I, I i saw the alien and i managed to like get away from it and hide and it didn't immediately catch me and the few times i've played it's like i hid behind a table and it started walking away and then seemingly somehow knew that I was there, even though I hadn't really moved or made any sound, leapt up on the table and stabbed me through the back of the head. And I watched that three or four times in various situations in the same sort of area, and I got bored and uninstalled it. <laughs> I don't blame you for going, hey, I'm going to play my spooky game on, on easy. Yeah. Like, even something like, um... Uh, it's not Deadly Premonition, is it? Uh, what's the, um, like, the... It's very Silent Hill, but it's 2D side-on, and the guy's wearing a mask, and it almost oh. looks like a big smile. Oh, the, um, I know exactly the one you mean, um, covered it really early on Indie Haven. Um, yeah, I feel like it is DP, but it's not Deadly Premonition. It's definitely not Deadly Premonition. But, um, you know the one I mean, but yes, yeah. um, they did like a, a super edition of it, I think, last year that made a lot of people upset, because it wasn't significantly more, uh, significantly different from... Uh, is it Lone Survivor? I'm pretty sure it's Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. There we I, go. I put in enough keywords to get to it. And my brain was like, mm, Lone, Lone Survivor. Yeah. I saw a picture yes. and I was like, yeah, that's L- a- Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor. Yeah, like, that, I I don't think I've actually died that many times, but that's one of the ones that has been so intense to play. Yeah. It's like, unless I can finish, like, 90% of it in one sitting, I'm probably just going to never come back to it, or at least not until... Next October, when it's time to play more spoop games, I'm like, I should go back and give that another go. I remember last year on stream, I had one really good go, and it's like, I've never got this far in this game before. And then, like, that was it, end of stream, and next next week ended up doing something else for whatever reason. It's like, one day I'll get back to that, because it, it seems like a fascinating narrative, and um, manages to be genuinely tense with only a few pixels. Well done Yay. for that. And Signalis, yeah, fascinating, weird... Slightly surreal, and like this whole catalogue of anime robots that have th- all these weird personality traits, and the the fact that like their their personality seems to have been like copied from a a person at some point. Mm. There's uh, I, I I can't remember. I think they're called miners. They are like like heavy heavy techs. They have like mining lasers and stuff. But their uh, like profile pictures look like they're all sort of cozy and snug, <laughs> because they're in these giant sort of um, like mining harnesses. Um, but it, it always in their profile pictures, like, oh, I just mine, I just 
we're just having a little snug friend. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's 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 been uh, it's been a fun play, and I'm 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 still going for it, and I, I hope. Don't know how far through it I am, but I'm enjoying it so far, and I, I hope to hope to finish the thing. Yeah. What about you? What have you played? I've not been playing a lot new this week, okay. in that this has been a week of. I have so many things just <laughs> bubbling around, waiting to happen, oh, yeah. that are happening at the moment. Like life's life's wild at the second. It is. Um, but I've I played a couple of things. Um, I played more Halls of Torment, mm. uh, which is that sort of Diablo original Diablo looking vampire deriver yeah. um, game. That that game runs great on Steam Deck. It is a it is mm-hmm. a good fit for. Um, I think it's only game. got like the the yellow eye on it as well. So f- yeah, for, what, so, for whatever reason, it's um. Um. So very good. I might know part of that. I've occasionally had weirdness with controller inputs with that game. Is it like when it's like I want a mouse input for this one? Um. It. it I don't know if it's even that. It's. It's trying. T- it doesn't. Uh, so I remember when I first set it up, I had to set, I think it was WASD to the analog stick. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is by default, it doesn't recognize controllers, um, properly. Right. And if you, like, I, I had, um, an experience where I, I, I plugged a controller in to, like, play it on stream mm. and couldn't do the aiming with the right stick. It just didn't recognize that at all. Like, some of oh. it's recognizing controller functionality for USB controllers is a bit funky sometimes. Yeah. It, the, st- honestly, on Steam Deck, Steam Deck itself, it's great. I've had no, I've had no problems with it, but like it clearly wasn't designed for controllers. You've got a Steam control, haven't you? Um, somewhere. somewhere, yeah. <laughs> I've got to dig it out still. Um, it's like a, a fairly good example of it. And um, weirdly, the yeah. longer I've had a Steam Deck, the more I'm like, you know what? Tracking down a Steam a Steam controller might not right. be the worst Those thing. Those tra- the trap pads are great. Yeah. I, I, I love. They were ahead of their time. Yeah. Um, but yes, I've been playing more Halls of Torment. We've talked about this before. It is. Kind of like Vampire Survivors, except you start with just one weapon, and there are some scrolls you can get by beating bosses to get, like, other kind of bonus weapon things. But it's basically, here's your one weapon, go for it. And there's tons um, of quests that are yeah. more, more traits, more blessings, more yeah. permanent upgrades, more things that will I, appear. I've got, like, seven characters unlocked now, um, and... I enjoy that they all play very differently from each other. Mm-hmm. My, I had my first successful run, and that I was with... Uh, no, I think just the one. I, I think you thought you got through a second level. I saw, I definitely saw you get to the end of one, and I thought it was after you uh, said Oh, you yeah, no, one. I did. Sorry, I beat a second yeah. level, and it didn't... That was the thing, is it didn't require me to go get the two halves of the thing, like ah, the yes. first one. Yes. Um, the cleric... While a little bit glass cannon in the early part of a run is fucking OP. Oh yeah, the the cleric is amazing. Oh yes, I I w- there was a period of time where I was dubious of your claim of the cleric's power and was like, oh, I'm having fun with the exterminator. I'm doing that. No, the cleric, the cleric is fucking great. I went from I've unlocked the first three levels, but I haven't got very far with them. To I've beaten the first three bosses. I've like done a run on the um the, the last level, but. This was the week before they um, did some balancing on mm. on that um, fourth level, which at the moment is the is the last one in the, in the game. And uh, like there was one boss that I'd like I was literally kiting it around for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, which by that that point meant that other enemies had spawned in as well, <laughs> and I just could not get close enough to it to do enough damage with the uh, with the cleric. Um, but I don't know if it's been slightly rebalanced since then. I know some stuff was done yes. with that level. But but also like 
the fact that I'd done a bunch of quests in other levels, which had unlocked, mm. which means my, I was getting more experience generally. But yes, I do find it fascinating, like, Cleric being the highest DPS character <laughs> class is fucking wild. It's unusual for an adventure game of that, yeah. an action adventure game. Uh, but I continue to be having a lot of fun with Halls of Torment. It is, yeah. uh, it is... It is one of the better vampire derivers in that I've got in rotation now. Hundred percent. Yeah. What about you? What you've been playing this week? Uh well, I have started playing uh, a game called Shadows of Doubt. Ooh. Have you heard of this? Uh the name's not familiar. Uh, so I heard about this from a uh, game maker's toolkit video um, a while ago, talking about the problem with mysteries in games mm. and uh, the sort of talking about things like uh LA Noir and the problem of you didn't you weren't really doing a lot. You were so very sort of pointed in specific directions and then the only real sleuthing you were doing was try and understand this person's facial expressions and then choose one of three options depending on how you feel about that. Mm. Which as an autistic person just couldn't manage ever. Couldn't ever work out what the fuck 99% of those facial expressions were supposed to be. Mm. Um, but this is a procedurally generated voxel-based murder mystery simulator. Mm. It will... I, I've only, I'm only playing the um, like the first m- mission, which is, here is a pre-built city. Mm. Like So it, it is like from a seed and we know that these things will work. Yes. And... You are given a very specific case, and you have to go and work that out. Work that out. So you mm. have um, ten sort of. Well, you've got twelve city blocks, but two of them are, are parkland, mm. and you have these. The, the like ten remaining buildings are a mixture of like shops around the bottom and um, mm. food vendors in certain districts. You'll find like dotted along the the edges of uh, the buildings. Then you'll have like an apartment like entrance usually, mm. and like above that there will be like a bunches of different apartments, and there's like around three hundred simulated people that are just birthed into this world. They will have uh, jobs, routines. They'll get up and they'll go to and do their jobs, and you can. Everyone's pretty cagey generally, but you can find ways of sort of like getting more charming mm. it's really trying to do the uh deus ex human revolution thing mm. of hey you know all the mystery of find the key codes and get into various things and uh sneak through uh events and, and things like that and track down information based on environmental stuff it's doing that but you won't find that 99% of the, the doors aren't real doors. They don't mm. don't and cannot lead to anything. In this, everything does lead to something. You can just go running around in the vents. People probably won't be terribly happy if you start if you just drop out of a ceiling vent in their bathroom <laughs> while they're having a poo. Um, <laughs> you can... Like, you can potentially break into someone's apartment while they're asleep and sneak around <laughs> and, and like, steal their passwords. You can find out where people work. You can track track stuff, that, that sort of stuff down. And I think I'm, like, eight hours in at the moment and I have not solved the murder mystery. I found two bodies so far. The one person that I was like, yep, I think that, that person, we, they, they definitely met for dinner the night before. 
So I'm going to track them down, and I track them down to their apartment, and they were a corpse on the floor of their apartment. Oops. It's like, oh dear, this is a problem. And then I realised that maybe I hadn't, because I, I didn't sort of have a, a full grasp of all the mechanics, maybe I'd missed something at the first corpse, so I went back, but by that point, somebody had, like, taped off the scene, and oh. there was a cop just wandering up and down the hallway. <laughs> Uh, so I was like, okay, right, so I need to sort of very carefully close that apartment door without breaking the crime scene tape, and then finding a way around the building to sneak into the vent shafts and then drop into that apartment from inside. But now the door's shut, the cop standing outside won't notice me wandering around going, I'm sorry, I forgot to take your fingerprints before I left. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating world, um, and it, I, I am curious about once i've got through the the tutorial of what will a entirely randomly generated world look like like there's these jobs that appear to be appear to be randomly gener generated mm. things like hey um i want you to humiliate someone so you accept the job and it's like okay go to like this person and say like this name sent you cool you've been assigned a job Okay, here's the thing. Here is like a piece of paper, and it's telling you, okay, you've got to go to this restaurant. There's mm. going to be a briefcase underneath uh, a table. Go and get the, the the briefcase. Open the briefcase. Look inside, and it'll be like the next bit of the mission to go on, and then wander off to uh, wherever that is. Like looking up in like the phone directory is like, okay, I have a lead of this person's name. Cool. Uh, well, I've got a. a, a phone number for that person i can i can find that out so i can <laughs> ring them and maybe track that down i can go to city hall and look up that person and see if i can get like their address and maybe like where they work and then maybe track them down to work maybe break into their office after hours go through their company files like f find out where they live maybe like check their their desk for um information you can like buy random things like um password hackers like basically like a dictionary cracker that you just have to sit there while it goes through every possible combination um it is a fascinating game so far it's uh it's still in early access but there is a huge amount there already for what's going on and i'm enjoying it so far and it's under 15 quid at the moment mm. so yeah pretty decent for what's there and i'm excited for where it might go and i'm enjoying it so far yeah. what about you have you played anything else um, the only other thing I've played, uh, really this week, uh, and I've not played a huge amount of it, mm -hmm. is I played a bit of Train Sim World 4. Oh, yes. Uh, which I got code for. I've been playing around a bit with that. Um, I'll be honest, I've not played enough of it to have a really solid sense of what makes this any different from Train Sim World 3. Mm. Um, I picked it up, booted it up, did the tutorials to be like, remind myself what I'm doing to play this with controller. Um, and... I started playing around with the uh, East Midlands uh, East Coast Mainline train mm -hmm. train mm -hmm. service. Um, I do appreciate that there is like for some of the the like starting um, rail services, you have like here are a couple of campaigns. Uh, this first campaign, I did like a two and a half hour long stream and got maybe three missions deep into the first twenty seven mission <laughs> campaign for the wow. East Coast Mainline. Um, the second campaign is shorter. I think it's only 12 missions. Um, and that's just for East Coast Mainline. Are there missions for other... Yeah, there, there is. Well. I think I think I I have, like, another three or four, tra uh, like, train plus track combos. Fucking hell. 
Um, and what I will say for those little campaigns is I appreciate that the first couple of missions, other than being like, hey, we're just getting making sure you're comfortable with the train you're going to be using for oh. this. Um, like there'll be a little circular track you can just do your little test on. Okay. You will get a little tutorial and like a little, little, little lesson about the train. So it's like, oh, None hey. of this. I don't know if this button is the stop the alarm on this particular train. Exactly. It'll be like, okay, you, we, got, we got the grips of how you use this specific train and its little fiddliness. Anyway, let me tell you about how in this year these trains came into this train line in order to replace the old trains which have been around since this year and, you know, uh, had been very out of date. And let me tell you about the fact that this has is primarily designed to be uh, electrically driven. The uh, This is the LNER Azuma, but it's also got a diesel engine that can run for X amount of time should something go wrong with the ability to power it by overhead electrical cables. Oh. This is a little history lesson. That's very cool. Learn about this train while you... Drive between some stations. Um, I've, I've honestly always been a bit um, unsure about the Train Simulator World games because mm. every time like I go on the Steam page for them, the adverts for them make them look a lot more arcadey than something like Train Simulator, like the the year numbered ones. Uh, the the way I would put it, it, the the difference between them to me fundamentally is Train Simulator, like the numbered year one, mm. is. We th- it is very unstructured. It is here is a bunch of content. You do what you want with it. We're not going to penalize you for playing it however you wish to play it. If you yeah. want to do as I've done and any percent speed run certain train tracks mm. and just be like, I'm going to ignore all the stations. I'm going to ignore this. I'm just going to speed for the end. It ain't going to stop you doing that. Tr- the Train Sim World series is a lot more. Here is authored content to do. Mm. Where like. Oops, you overshot the platform, like, by way too much, or you ran a, a red signal, um, you know, you failed your mission, try again. Okay. Um, and, for example, one of the missions I was doing the other day, um, I was trying to time out roughly what mile per hour I had to be hitting to get to the next station at about the right time, because I knew what time I needed to be there to mm-hmm. open the doors, and how many miles away it was in terms of track distance, um, and I went... A certain speed, and I was like, well, I'll go a little faster than I need you to, you know, get some extra time for slowing down at the other end. Mm-hmm. And I ended up about four minutes ahead of where I needed to be to go into the station, and forgot, because I haven't played Dreams and World in a while, that I actually have to pay proper attention to the uh, the signals on the track, and ran a red signal, and it was like... Yeah, no, there was a pre- there was a previous train still in that station, because you're here four minutes before Ooh. the platform is yours. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Um... But yeah, it, they're, they're very similar in the moment-to-moment playing. Mm-hmm. It's just, do you want to be completely unstructured, or do you want to have, like, objectives? Okay. That's sort of the difference between the two oh. categories. And I know uh, Train Simulator World 3 would run uh, Sim World 2 content. Yes. Do you know if that's still the case? I don't know for certain. My gut instinct is yes. I I think that is the case. Okay. I don't know for certain. Okay. Um, I'm curious to know if it goes if it does go back to like three. Does it also go back like two and yes? So I can find that out, but I don't currently know. And the mm. reason is is that most of my light trains in world play has been on console. Okay. Um, and then I moved over to PC because PC is what I had code for this oh. for this new one for. So I don't know if DLC carries forward, but I do have a lot of DLC codes for Trains in World 3 and 2 that I could put in and see whether they pop up in 4. Mm. So I'm going to find that out at some point. Exciting. Yeah. What about you? You played anything else? Um, I've been playing much more Final Girl. 
been, yeah, have. been enjoying having the odd game here and there. Uh, I think partly due to the fact that I've just got better at, or, or yeah, like faster at like set up and tear down. That it's like okay, I can. I've got a quick forty minutes. I can I can dash a game out of an afternoon, and and that's been fun. It's also nice to sort of disconnect from the screen for a little bit because it's like yeah. oh well I can I could go and you know do some do some like PC gaming or something else. It's been nice to have something that's just like okay yeah I'm just gonna get on with that. But uh, we've talked about Final Girl before. It's a solo um, horror film simulator game. You are the the titular final girl and you have to try and save the other victims and stop as as victims are killed by the killer they will uh, get more bloodlust and eventually get more powerful and potentially you'll have to have a big final showdown and they will be more powerful as a result of how many victims you've let them kill mm. so the more you can save the better but also you do ultimately get your or you will get your ultimate ability if you rescue enough and um yeah, I've I finally started doing some of the mixing and matching stuff. The the whole thing with Final Girl is you get like a core box, which is everything you need to play any of the feature film boxes, and then the feature film box will have a killer on one side and a location on the other, and the killers all react in different ways. There's currently technically twelve because you've got the two vignette killers as well, um, and then uh, there's a location on the other side, so it might be like. The Storybook Woods, which we've we've played before, and I think I've talked about previously, it's a like quite a small map, lots of large open spaces, but there is uh, you know, potential for being sort of caught in places. the The key thing with uh, the Storybook Woods is that the bridges that connect the mainland to this big central island are rickety, and only one victim will follow you across at a time. Whereas usually mm. you can carry two around with you. It's like okay. If I want to get you out, I'm going to have to ferry you out like one at a time back and forward across this thing and hope that whatever the killer is doesn't just come round and just murder everyone that I've just brought to this nice location. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been doing a lot more combination stuff. So I've done uh, Dr. Fright at Creech Manor. I've done uh, the Evo Morph, which is the like uh, alien... One from season two in, uh, I think, Storybook Woods and Screech Manor. Uh, I did Dr. Fright at the uh, Wind Garden Cottage, which is the one that's based on the um, home invasion killer with the, mm. the three different ones. Yeah. That was really interesting with that sort of um, Freddy-style <laughs> um, killer. Um, yeah, I've had some really good games. I've been looking at sort of other people's advice for, for different play styles, because I, I realised that, like, I will either win relatively well, or lose tragically <laughs> quite quickly. And um been looking for advice of, like, because a lot of people say it's got nothing to do with um despite having most of your decisions based on a dice roll, that shouldn't be all there is. There are lots of ways of mitigating that. And there are. Um, like, the number of times that I've not bothered looking for items and that has gone very badly for me and people have pointed out like statistically if you if you do the maths on it having a weapon that adds like even one hit to it or one damage to every attack you do is definitely worth it because mm. or even something that you like doesn't work as a modifier it's just like you use this weapon it will always hit and it will always do this much damage especially for certain killers who will just get more and more and more health forever 
or a killer who has had all of their um, minor dark powers come out. It's like, mm. okay, you've got two more health for that, and something horrible happens, and stays there until I have dealt with those two particular damage. Um, yeah, still really enjoying Final Girl, enjoying the mixing and matching. I think initially I'd wanted to go through like all of the feature films with the the Final Girls that came with those particular um, boxes, because you always get two with each box, and unlocking their secret envelopes, because each Final Girl has a secret envelope. Mm. And it's been... Like, wanting to just do those, like, I'll do them in the, in the natural things, sort of get used to w- what they were, like, intended as, and then start futzing around with them, and... Yeah, like, I'm realising how annoying Maple Lane is, which is the, like, Elm Street thing, uh, mm. par- par- parallel, where you have to convince people to try and go in their houses. Yeah. It's like, I, but I need to save you, otherwise you're all going to die, you silly bastards. And that being, like, a whole pain in the ass. Um, yeah, it's be, I've been really enjoying it, and I, I look forward to playing more, and we'll probably report further on this. And at some point, I will get around to streaming some of it as well. But it is a real faff to set up for, because it's a bit of a table hog, and got to do the uh, the top-down camera on that. But yeah, have you played anything else? Uh, that's about it for me, really. At least in terms of stuff I can really talk about. Well done! <gasps> Time for this! Clara, you have to come with me. You're being chased. Wait, sorry, what? You What's have to, happening? Clara, you have to come with me right now. There, There's a, a robot over there and it's come from the future. Oh no! Oh. We have to get out of here as soon as possible. Okay, okay. We Okay, okay, uh, get, get on the back of my bike. I'm going to teach you how to make pike bombs and, and get away from this. Okay, that sounds really cool. Okay, okay. Okay, so I'm from the future. Your son is the leader of, uh, like, resistance, the last vestiges of humanity, because there was a machine and the machine took over. Oh, okay, okay. Um, okay, what do I, what do I need to know? How do I, how do I fight back, I guess? Well, the AI was trained on source data from the internet. Okay. You're gonna have to debate the robot. Oh no! Oh god! It's not being trained on like Reddit. Am I the arsehole? Mostly Reddit. Oh, a, no. a lot of a lot of Reddit and 4chan. Oh god! Oh god! Okay. Clara Sama, I'm here from the future. I'm sure you are. I understand that you disagree with the way the future is going. Uh, yeah, I'd like it to not be destroyed, please. Fucking debate me. Coming this summer, the term debater. Okay, okay, everyone, I need ideas. Okay, okay, um, right, right. Look, the advertisers have left, so we need to find a way to make this social media empire, well, m- more, more empire again. Because I have made decisions, and sure uh, my decisions have been wise, thoughtful, <laughs> and uh, well-considered, but people who aren't as smart as me, have been unable to see my genius. So I need ideas from you about how we can make this website work again. Okay, so what if we uh, introduce new features, but, you know, paywall them behind behind, uh, payments? And, like, they're not going to be services anyone actually wants, but, you know, to add perceived value. So, like, um... Um, All all text on images. Uh, well, no, that... We do already have that. I mean, like... Yeah, but what if we made it pay? 
Well, see, I well, I wasn't going to jump. It's now a premium. I wasn't going to jump to that. I was going to suggest we like you know add something like no one wants like you know right. our our text based social media. You can do phone calls on it or something. But no, let's just cut. Well, let's just cut to the chase. Let's just paywall stuff we've already done. Well, okay, uh, well uh, messages. What like uh, direct uh, yeah, personal yeah, messages? Yeah, okay, yeah, not yeah. just like old messages. Not just like posting to the site, of course. Not yet. What if there was a flat fee per message, or you could pay uh, an annual subscription? That's a really good way of getting like a lot of money out of people in one go. It's an annual subscription. You can post as many times as you want. Asterisk. One hundred and fifty per year. Ooh, ooh! What if we uh, we learn from the uh, that uh, game development engine? And right. We make it so like if your social post gets shared uh, more than like I don't know a thousand times. Right. You then have to do our per share fee, where you right. owe us money per time that it's shared retroactively. So if you go over a thousand shares, you got you got to pay money for those first thousand. Once, yeah. Once you go yeah. to a thousand one. What about uh, like a follower cap? You, people can't follow you and hear all the very interesting things that you have to say unless you pay a fee for, you know, every person, you know. And while we're about it, maybe we inflate some of the numbers. You know, I know I said I was going to get rid of all the bots, but if there are bots, surely that is just a part of the system and not, you know, like the, those other bots. Look, I mean, these little ideas are all very good, but I want to circle back because I think you were too right. quick to dismiss the idea that we just charge full stop for access to the, the right. thing. Like, right. we just paywall the entire app. And, like, that, I don't think that's going to turn everyone off. I think, no, I, I think that will make it more like an exclusive club. I think I think everyone will go, well, I'm used to using this app that was free before and is now paid. Yeah. I will pay to get back in. And I don't think it will cause any kind of exodus to other platforms. Right. Because boomers don't like change. So yeah, they're not yeah. they're not going to want to go and learn how to use meta or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They're probably confused where their damn Facebook accounts went. <laughs> so <sighs> what have you put in your eyes? That you can talk about. I mean, yeah, the the uh, the the strikes are still ongoing, though uh, progress has been made. Yes. Let's let's acknowledge the WGA strike is tentatively approaching being over. You meant uh, to say that they didn't lose their houses, but it was in fact the execs who were like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It turns out, uh, you know. Uh, all it takes is Drew Barrymore trying to bring her talk show back and getting shouted down into an apology to make the studios go, oh, okay, people are still paying attention. I guess we gotta pay writers. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the WGA strike is technically not over at the time we record this, although it might be by the time you're listening to it. A, a tentative agreement has been reached and will be voted on by the by the union members soon. That's super cool. SAG yeah. after strike is still going though, yes, and may soon extend to video game voice actors. Yes, so we're still not talking about work from Struck Studios. Oh no, um, which again limits what we can talk about in the the watch section. But there's a couple of things I've Indeed. watched. There's probably can... going to be a bumper episode in a few months. Oh, of... there's there's going to be an episode where it's just a watch to... section. There's no other <laughs> section. It's like, let's talk about like six months of, of films and TV. Um, but things I can talk about. I've been going down a rabbit hole of like uh, YouTube content this week. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically watching a lot of Digital Foundry content about DLSS upscaling. Oh yes, um, we, we talked previously about um, yeah. some of the stuff of like what they thought was going to be like for the potential Switch 2 
what, four or five years ago? Yeah, when, like, the Switch Pro was being yes. sort of floated and, like, the first talk of DLS upscaling on a handheld was going around. And it's gotten me down a rabbit hole of not specifically, like, uh, Switch-specific DLSS videos, mm. but just watching a lot of different, like, uh, videos about the various versions of DLSS upscaling that have existed over the past, like, four years, mm. and what they were good at, what they struggled at, um, how that technology has evolved over the years in terms of, like, the incremental improvements it has had. And it's been an interesting di deep dive down from... This is mainly, like, a... Uh, at, at, at the start, it's kind of impressive this exists, but it's not really practical, uh, to where it's at now, where people are fucking around with, what if I play a game at 240p and scale it up to 1080? And it doesn't look amazing, but that's 240p. That looks better than 240p. You extracted an awful lot from those Yeah, you've few taken pixels. very few pixels and made something surprisingly playable. Like, if I played this docked on my Switch, it would probably be about fine. Yeah. Um, like... One of the videos I was watching was specifically um, Death Stranding at 240p, uh, DLS apps, uh, DLSS upscaled, I think, 3.0. Um, and I looked at it and I was like, this looks ab about as good as the Witcher 3 port mm. that was, like, dedicatedly made for Switch hardware. And yeah. I'm like, that is kind of fascinating. Mm. It's It's been interesting go like, going, being less laser focused in and going, what is this tech and how has it been evolving over yeah. over time? Um, so that's been interesting. And then that sort of led me down another little corner of YouTube stuff mm. I, I was binging, which was um, specifically watching a bunch of videos from um, around the era from like when the Switch was first revealed with that like two minute trailer. When you uh, were talking uh, about. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking about stuff. Talking about the home button. Yeah. Uh, around then, through to like a week or so, like right around launch day, mm. um, and the period of like that first trailer, the January where they did the like kind of poorly placed press conference, uh, paced press conference, mm. doing the reveal stuff, but sort of ending on breath that really cool Breath of the Wild trailer. It's gonna be a launch day title. And then, like, early launch day reviews of the Switch. Mm. And the thing that's really interesting, looking back on all that, that that kind of content now, is how much sentiment has increased for the positive for, for Switch. It was a lot of, um, it's not powerful enough. There was a lot of pessimism about the, the raw horsepower of the system, and about, like, this feels underpowered compared to... Uh, potential next-gen systems that might be coming already, and oh, it, it's barely even begun. And it's really interesting watching that, like, specifically watching the pessimism around, um, um, there's no guarantee this will have much software, like, Nintendo doesn't have a history of having enough first-party software to uh, support a system, and third parties probably won't support it at all because mm. it's quite weak. Um, and I was sort of jumping around from that to, like, videos from maybe, like, a year or two in. And the things that, like, in hindsight weren't really being taken into account, I think, mm. were, A, Nintendo having combined their handheld and console um, first-party studios to make things for just a single console. Yeah. Which, if you look at the Switch's lifespan, there were so many good first-party games so regularly... Because they were only develop, they were developing twice as much because it was for half as many systems. Yeah, although initially 
when it was first being announced, they were talking about it's not a it's not a successor to the 3ds. It wasn't. But Don't they, worry about the 3ds. They, they had already announced that they were combining their studios together yeah. and like moving them into the same buildings. And I think recently yeah. because they've recently sold like four different versions of the 3ds. Yes, like the XL, yes. the XL. I mean, whatever. It was. It's it's the thing they they constantly do. It's the third pillar approach. Yeah. Uh, they tried to say it with the Wii that the Wii wasn't going to be a replacement for the GameCube or the DS. It was a third pillar and it that that basically means we're not committing to it in case it flops um it's we will knock one of the legs out of this third pillar as as soon as it's success yeah um but the other thing i suppose is like there was a lot of underestimation of how much that thing would the switch's early years would become like the place where people wanted to play indies Mm. and that whole like before the Steam Deck existed, if you wanted in, like a, a uh, uh, an indie game on the go, the Switch was the thing that was powerful enough to run most indies. Mm. And how much of a big like thing that was for carrying it through its early its early years. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really interesting watching back in hindsight the sort of where the sentiment was about the hardware compared to like at this point. I don't think anyone would would say that like that was an unsuccessful system. No. Um, so yeah, it was just an interesting deep dive into old uh, video game tech analysis and uh, uh, review and impressions uh, content, and just sort of it's always interesting. I always get this way when like we're sort of getting toward where new hardware's probably going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting like, to sort of look at, yeah. like, w- what are the, the cycles that the um, games press goes through? Yeah. It, in a similar way, like, I, I was also sort of dotting around, like, um, the... I, I watched some reactions to the um, the PS5 reveal event, and, hmm. like, the um, the first, like, here are the games that we're announcing right now for PS5 at the start of that system's life. And... Yeah, it's it's interesting watching like the cycles of sentiment and what is received well and how how that kind of messaging has to land to like temper future uh feelings about hardware. Mm. It's it's interesting seeing what lands and what doesn't and where people's um what people latch onto as good or bad signs about hardware. I think it feels quite interesting that like at least as far as I've noticed for the last couple of hardware generations, we haven't had that thing that we had with, um, I'm going way back and then slightly less way back, but uh, like Commodore 64, when it started, not really very gamey, no one really knew how to make games on it, <laughs> and by the end we had like Mayhem and Monsterland, which was basically their answer to Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. Like, big colourful graphics, um, fast-paced, lots going on, um, really interesting effects. Then, like, the the PS2 launch titles, Fantavision. Mm. By the end, we're getting things like Gun and Black and uh, Shadow of the Colossus. And it feels like less these days we have those moments of we're right at the tail end of the system, people really understand how to use it to its absolute best, and they're just making incredible things that no one ever thought would happen. So, like... I, I think of, cla- like, more modern examples of that. Like, the PS3 with The Last of Us. The Last of Us was, like, the last big thing released for the PS3, mm. and it it was definitely one of those. And Nintendo's not so much had that experience with Switch, but I think third parties, like, 
the our ratings board leaks suggested, um, I think the day before we record this, that Red Dead Redemption 2 is getting ported to Switch. Mm. Um, actually ported? or It, another it seems like actually ported. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 1 got actually ported like pretty recently, and we were doing some research on stream going, is this a cloud version? Cloud versions of games don't seem to get their own certification ratings okay. on Switch. Um, at least in the UK with Peggy. Peggy doesn't rate cloud versions. Interesting. Um, they just... They just Use the like Peggy rating for someone. They use the Peggy rating from the other existing versions. They don't like uh, recertify it, which I mean, I guess if that's yeah. what they're basically running, but, but yeah. like, yeah, and I think I think look for all the complaints people are having about the cutscenes in Mortal Kombat One Switch port, and I think those are fair. The fighting itself runs at sixty FPS of a fighting game released seven years in and a new console generation into the Switch's life. Mm. We're seeing pretty ambitious ports uh, come to Switch across its lifespan. Some of them better than others, but like I remember being yeah. quite impressed by Doom twenty sixteen, even though having gone back to it more recently, like the loading times on that on the Switch are. Yeah. I Oof. I played all the way through Doom Doom 2016 on Switch and yeah. it was is a damn impressive port. Yeah, it was very um, good. That reminds it, me, he's played Doom Eternal now. They've taken Denuvo out of it on yeah. PC. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's some stuff I've been watching. What about you? What have you been watching? Uh, yeah, well, I've watched a few things. I watched a um, an animated short called RC Dreams of Daikon. Uh, by 87 Render on YouTube. Mm. Um, I th- might have talked about this person before. They do, like, fully anime-style Transformers videos. There was one that was all about Starscream, I think I mentioned, I talked about a couple mm. of years ago. This one is about eight minutes long, and it's RC fighting Galvatron in sort of like world ending moments there's some there's some uh, starscream and some uh, hot rod in there as well and it's just beautifully animated like um um amazing uh like it's properly beautifully lit and animated the posing the action scenes the entertaining little like cuts to things from other properties like being like run past or driven past in mm. in various scenes in the the battle in the city, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a beautiful little thing. It's worth checking out. It's uh, available on YouTube. Um, and the other thing which I ended up watching because of we'd been talking previously about music and the quality of it, it admittedly in skits. Um, but this was a video on um, Leon's channel on Renegade Cut of what happened to music on the radio, mm. and it's about how uh, laws changed in the US regarding who could broadcast, how long they could broadcast, how they could broadcast Mm. on the radio, and the way that changed sometime around, like, Clinton era. Mm. And that we've, like, if you look at pop charts now, like, there's very little rock in in Mm. the charts. There's very little rock that gets played on radio. The type of rock that does get played is, like, stuff from a decade or more ago... Mm. And it's all dubbed as classic rock, or dad rock even. Ugh. And Ugh. It, the the way that like a lot of the people you'll see now, they're all solo acts, or it's a solo artist maybe doing gigs with a band, but mm. like you might not even know the name of the band at any point. Yeah. Um and how like 
like basically um the the music industry has like managed to homogenize things in such a way that they are keeping costs down while obviously absolutely extracting the most of things yeah. and because rock bands tend to not be as manageable controllable and and bands in general because there's more of them and they'll yeah. they'll talk to each other and and make decisions for their own best interests i mean whereas you can like poke yeah. uh, solo artists about um yeah. yeah, it's an interesting video, and I'm probably not doing it justice with the things I remember from it, but yes, it's 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 interesting to look at it from that point of view of, yeah, you're probably not going to hear big radio play for interesting rock bands anymore, because they don't want to do that, because it's expensive and yeah. not as, as easy to control. There's more people who want a slice of that income because there's multiple members in a band, and... Uh, when you talk about them being less controllable, I instantly think back to the year that Rage Against the Machine were Christmas number one in the <laughs> UK, and were asked to play live on the BBC and promised not to swear, and then got to the fuck you, I won't do what you tell me chorus, like, breakdown yeah, of yeah. that song. And I'm like, what did you think was gonna happen, BBC? Yeah. The, the the whole bit of... The, I saw a beautiful skit on TikTok the other day about that, like, a behind-the-scenes of that moment where it's mm. like, okay, so you want us to to do what you tell us. Yes. And not swear. Yes, please. You want us to, to not swear and do what you tell us. Yes, if you do, if you, if you do and what the, we tell And the line you, you have a problem with is, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Yes, I don't think that's very BBC. And you'd like us to not swear and do what you tell us. Yes, if, if you wouldn't Okay, mind. got okay. it, I understand. Okay, ready? And three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, that recording is fucking beautiful. It was a beautiful moment in television history. I think, like, got, like, two out before it was cut. Uh, they got, like, two or three in, and it fades away, and it's the, um, it's the presenter's response where she says something to the effect of, like, um, oh, uh, well, they, they, they did something there that they, uh, that they promised us they weren't going to do. Yes. But they, they... They promised you they wouldn't say fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. It's not to quite the same standard, but it does kind of remind me of when I went to Reading in '98, and um, I was sort of just meandering through the cloud uh, crowd, not really, not really interested in much that was going on the first day. And um, the prodigy came on and was like, as the Beastie Boys came off. <laughs> And they were like, hey, so we got a call from the Beastie Boys earlier asking us not to play this. Here's Smack My Bitch Up. <laughs> <laughs> well. Again, you, this is... the I understand why executives don't want rock bands, because they do shit like this, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. This is exactly what I want out of performers, is... Oh, no, oh, you want to put me in a little corporate box, do you? Fuck off. Oh, yes. But yeah, uh, um, it's an interesting watch, and it, it also talks about things like um, fashion and and why that hasn't changed, why a, mm. why a lot of that has stayed the same, because nothing has really changed, yeah. because capitalism doesn't really want it to. Let's yeah. keep it all very controlled. Um, be in the in the sort of most general overarching ways, anyway. Uh, yeah, have you watched anything else that you can talk about? Um, the only other thing I can really talk about is I watched a uh, Carl Jost video uh, yes. uh, on YouTube. Who's been naughty today? Yeah, so if you don't know, there's a person on YouTube who does videos usually about speedrunning and the such. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a video about um, speedrunning in Call of Duty Black Ops 3 Zombies. Okay. Which uh, 
the gist of this is most of the time when speedrunners cheat doing speedruns, it falls into one of two categories. It's either long-time established, genuinely very good speedrunner is, like, frustrated and, like, cheats at a game and, like, knows enough about the game to cheat in a way that, get that won't be detectable. Mm. Um, or person who has never played the game before and cheats very obviously and tries to jump up to number one with no one ever having heard of them before yes. he gets caught straight away. This was a very different uh, story, and the short version is, it is the story of someone who spent about six months trying to slowly, like, right from the start they were faking their speedruns, but they tried to spend six months slowly increasing their times, interacting with the community, doing st things on all stream. All the things that are usually yeah. massive red do flags if you don't do that. Yeah, doing all the things that, like, they were playing the long game. They, they, they spent six months building up in a believable fashion to their world record speedrun, and then when they did their world record speedrun, they just put put the run up, and people were like, cool. Uh, and this is a fairly standard thing if someone gets a new, like, top place world record, is to go, can you send us, like, the whole, the recording of the whole session? Because, mm -hmm. like, you presumably didn't just record the one run where you, you, you got the world record. You'd probably hit record and played for a few hours. Can you show us the, uh, mm. the, the session recording? And there is one very obvious mistake that any speedrunner who was like who knew what they were doing and was trying to fake their run would have avoided making right that is there and is very fucking obvious and it's quite funny the six months of building up trust and believability to make All one make one fuck up and just put their hands up and go yeah I was faking from the start it's it's an interesting little story wild uh yeah so go Carl Jobs generally does really good um yeah. Speedrunning content. And all, always getting into it with Billy Mitchell as well. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Um, the, the legal battle between him and Billy Mitchell has been fascinating to watch. Oh, um, yes. The King of Kong, he, well, he's never done uh, uncheat. Um, yeah, the other, the other one of his I watched this week was a video about the very first level of GoldenEye, um, which oh, yeah. I did not know. Carl Joseph currently has the uncontested world record for, like, that single level in GoldenEye. You mean he's the person that would do the, and I was the person who made it? He, he very rarely does those, and yeah. he, he was, he at the start was like, I don't like doing the, and it was me speedrunning videos. That usually, that's usually how those speedrunning but videos get. It, it was specifically a video about, like, look, if I'm ever gonna talk about one speedrun record I've had, I want it to be this one. Mm. And he talks a lot about like his history with GoldenEye and why it means a lot to him, and the history of GoldenEye speedrunning that led to the one very lucky run he had that is one second faster than the previous record, and the, uh, the, 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 the energy he brought to it was very much like, this is currently like the, the longest um, the longest held uncontested GoldenEye world record. Mm. Um, he's had it for, I think, like five years now. Wow. And he's like, I know I will not have this forever. Mm -hmm. And it is the, pr the record I am the proudest of. And I, like, I will celebrate the people who, like, are trying to beat this record today and are putting hundreds of hours into doing so. Mm. And if someone ties the record with me, I will be very proud for them and admittedly a little sad because I will probably never have a record this notable for this long mm. ever again. And it's quite a beautiful little bittersweet video about like the history of speedrunning, specifically the very first level that everyone remembers from GoldenEye, mm. and the the confluence of events that had to come together for him to, by, by one second, break the record.
Um, it's a really interesting little video. I was watching a, a lateral video the other day talking mm-hmm. about um, people who were I... sort of cheating at, at uh, Goldeneye. Oh, I know entirely what story this is. Uh, this is the, um, the... People who like for, had played Perfect Dark and gone a reticle, you say? Yes, Goldeneye didn't have a reticle for aiming and Perfect Dark speedrunners had an aiming reticle in that game and started putting little, uh, little crosshairs of tape on the their TV screens and doing much better than all the other GoldenEye speedrunners. Yep. Yes, there are some fascinating videos about the controversy and the arguments that led to. As with any time that like something disrupts the speedrunning community and oh, now yes. it's like, oh we gotta decide on new conventions drama, now. Ah uh, yeah. yeah. Um so that's that's it for stuff I can talk about this week. Oh, I've watched what about you? That's me then. <gasps> well then, time for this Hey Laura Yes We've got a new sponsor <gasps> Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you enjoy the, the the experience of cinema? Indeed I'm not going to talk about specifics But I do enjoy the experience of cinema But you enjoy like going and enjoying the, the, the cinema the, yeah. the large yeah. screen yeah. The incredible audio quality Yep, yep but you also enjoy watching film at home. I mean, I enjoy watching film by myself and not having to deal with um, people. Indeed, being there. Yeah, I, 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 re- I remember. You don't have to worry about people on their phones. Yeah, yeah. I remember we saw a family-friendly uh, animated film at some point, and yes. there were children there. That there were time. children. There was there, rustling. There sure was rustling. Wasn't a fan of those aspects of it, but I do enjoy the big screen. What if the big screen and the big audio, but no one? Shuffling past you six times oh. to go to the loop. Oh, that sounds great. Well, this week's sponsor is EmptyTheatreAlarm.lol.net. <gasps> Tell me more. Well, they will give you a little buzz on the app to let you know that your local cinema is showing a movie. No, no one has booked. No one has booked ticket. Oh, there's no tickets booked. You'll be the only one in there. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a chance someone else might get the buzz and might also go, but, like, there's going to be barely anyone there, if anyone. It might just be me. That sounds perfect. You will, you know, you will have to be willing to go and watch the film at, like, midday on a Tuesday during term time. I mean, I thankfully have a job that sort of affords me that flexibility. Not for It's not for everyone, but you never know. You might occasionally get a buzz at, a buzz at like... 6.30pm on a Wednesday It just like It just happened to be that way yeah. No one was yeah. ready for this film yet Yeah that, But they, you can be We're on like the 30th screening of that film No one just happened to be around that night right. Do you want to watch a film that I'm not going to name drop Because Yeah, yeah we're not going to strike up. No We're not going to name drop any movies But like I'll go see a film if there's no one seeing it That's mdtheateralarm.lol.net Enter the code QNPS278 And you Can get a little buzz in your pocket that's a, that's a wonderful service, and if we weren't in a strike, I would tell you about all the films that that service would help me see. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, what's, uh, what's on the docket today? What's new? Well, um, you know how people were unhappy that we used AI for... The entirety of our latest game. Oh god, they're upset again. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're unhappy about the AI, right? So uh, I figured, what if we were to pay someone? 
Um, I don't some, like that. That means less money for us. Well, well, just one person, right? We're not going to, like, spread it amongst a well, whole I team. Mean, We're not going to get a whole a art person. department. That's still, like, not us. We, we, why do I care about whoever this person is we get money to? Why do I care about them? I care about me. Well, um, I was thinking, you know how your sister, like, oh. went to art college? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So... Yeah. And she knows how to use a computer, right? Yeah. Well, what if we were to say we are paying uh, a local homegrown talent? You know, we're making local jobs. They like they oh, yeah, like that's about a, us that being the wealthiest. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we'll just you know pay her a reasonable amount. Well, I mean that's bigger, to, to do the work. I mean, look, I was upset because I thought we were giving money to someone. You know. Someone I don't know. Right. That, that's barely even a person at that point. Yeah. If it's for someone in my family, that's right. basically the money. The money is staying, yeah. you know, where it's supposed to be. Exactly. Exactly. Like, if the if I can't have the money, the very least is, like, it'd be someone who materially benefit. Like, I, I care about them having money. Right. Because then they don't come to me asking me for money. Yeah, she's not going to ask you for any more money. No, because she'll have money. Yeah, she'll have her own money, and maybe she'll stop sleeping on your couch. I I mean... One I, of your couches. One of them. On it's one some, of your it's somewhere. It's somewhere in the North Wing. Yeah, somewhere in the North, north Wing. Yeah. Um. Well, so, yeah, I, I, I think that'll work, and we'll put out, like, a whole, um, you know, press release about how we're, you know, it's a good local person it's important that we're playing paying local people to do the thing I mean, and what's the more value local, of that what's more local than someone already sleeping on your in my couch yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you are fucking genius i know so <gasps> what has gone in your ears i've not listened to a lot this week mm. um again I say this a lot at the moment. A lot's been going on. I've not had a lot of brain space for new audio input. I did go back and listen to, um, in isolation, uh, away from its source material, Welcome to Mount, uh, Mountport, uh, from the Dropout Play It By Ear improviser musical, uh, it's a game song about show. Them living near a mountain range and, and the yeah. sea. The mountain is right next to the sea. How can that be? How can that be? Yes. Uh, so, I, th- I believe this was from before um, Play-, uh, Play It By Ear was its own show. Uh, I think this was from the Game Changer episode. See, I thought it was from the first, like, the first season of Play It By Ear. It might like, be one from of the, the first, one yeah. of the first videos. You, you might be right. It was one of the first times that the, the group of people who are mainstays for Play It By Ear, because uh, we've talked about Play It By Ear before, people improvise a musical with basic prompts given to them. And this was one of the first, like, very memorable ones they did was the happenings in a town called Mountport. Um, that that opening number for Welcome to Mountport, it holds up so well. It is such a catchy, catchy little number. It's good, it's uplifting. They did a good job of capturing opening of a musical. Indeed. I very much enjoy its little sort of in- intercut interludes of um, characters from around the town chiming in with things and being sort of shut down a little bit. What was the one from, like, was it last week's episode that it was, like, glass, paint, children, nothing or something? Yes. So I was about to get to that, and I I didn't put it in watch, because I had little to put in listen, so I'm putting it in listen. Last week's episode of Play It By Ear was called Elevator Pitch, and was about a group of uh, uh, tech people 
uh, a tech startup that was going to go pitch uh, Internet 2 to a bunch of CEOs, um, and they weren't entirely sure what that was going to be, but they were going to work it out. Um, And yes, it had a musical number where some some, some coders went to a techno club and sung about... uh, what, yeah, what was it again? It was. I, I think it's it's um because the, the their idea for Internet Two turned out to be pictures of your children painted onto glass. Yes, and I think the the thing was they they kept interspersing it with um children glass or glass children nothing, but I can't remember what the other word. Everything was, nothing children glass. Everything it. nothing children glass, and doing their sort of voguing along to yes, it. Yes, it was pretty fucking wild for something that came out of. Just out of their brains in the moment. Yeah. And then having that sort of peppered back into all the other yes. musical numbers later. Um, uh, Elevator Pitch is one of my favourite uh, play-it-by-ear episodes in a while. Um, without saying too much, um, it, it makes one of the wildest um, character shifts I've seen work in a narrative. <laughs> they make it work very well. Oh, yes. Those characters, put them over there. We're doing these characters. Yep. Uh it- and the, the one where they had to do all the key changes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sometimes they will have challenges such as do as many key changes as possible in a single song. Oh, yeah. Uh, I quite enjoyed the song about um, getting to the 13th floor and there being forms to fill in. And you've got to fill the forms incorrectly or you will get cursed. And sent down to different floors. Yeah. If you, if you, you get up to floor 14, but if you do the forms there wrong, you go back to 13. And then you get cursed on 13. You go to the time void. The time word. It play it by ear is a fun show. It really is, and, and elevator it, pitch was particularly good. Yeah, it's it's not fucking easy to do that, and I'm constantly impressed that they managed to do it. Indeed. Uh, what about you? What have you been listening I've to? I've got a couple. Um, I can't remember if I've talked about one of these before, but this is uh, DJ Kamavand, who we've talked about a few times. He does mashups and stuff. Very technically, very polished mashups. Yeah, but avoiding things like um, There I Ruined It, who's just like, I got an AI to sing this thing in the style of like Frank Sinatra or something. It's like, okay. But these are like really rather good mashups of... um, So the first one is uh, Hips Aren't Alright, which is uh, Hips Don't Lie and uh, Offspring's Kids Ain't Alright. Yeah. Which is... Just fascinating, um, and mm. it's it's usually the like the the concept of the thing nailed in quite early on, and then like the last third of the track just peppering in other things <sighs> that you wouldn't necessarily expect, which is particularly noticeable in the other one I want to mention, <laughs> which is I teach sins not duggies. Yeah, which goes from being like teach me how to duggy and um, I write sins not tragedies. I write sins not tragedies to Brendan Yuri doesn't want to dance and you can't make him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. It does have a tonal shift. He really doesn't want to be made to dance. <laughs> and then just finding like any other reference to dancing in songs. There's a bit of Bowie in there. I can't remember how, who else appears, but the music videos for those are incredible as well. Just like mashing everything together. Um, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Go check it out. Um, he's done a bunch of um, really fascinating mashups, but like th- those last two, I think have been possibly my favourites. He is is getting real good. I don't know yeah. if this is just gearing up for his residency in LA that he recently got, but um, yeah, it's very danceable. Which is um, you, sometimes you'll find with a mashup, it's like, yeah, that was technically very clever, but 
I'm not getting anything extra out of it. And these these last two have been like, yeah, I would, I, I want this, I want, I want this on my phone. I want to listen to this, just yeah. generally for music listenery. Um, sorry, yeah, seeing who else shows up in that, uh, that, that track. Um, Enrique Iglesias, The Bee Gees, Men Without Hats, uh, Safety oh, yeah, Dance, the safety I think. Dance, uh, Whitney Houston, Luther Vandross, David Bowie, CNC Music Factory. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of things in there. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Real, real talent. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, have you listened to anything else? That's about it for me. Well, <gasps> time for this. Welcome back from the break, and welcome everyone to another episode of everyone's favourite new game show, Prove It! The game show where very, very overconfident men are put to the test on things they are very confident they can do. I wouldn't say I'm overconfident. I would say I'm exactly as confident as I should be, you know, given, you know, my my skills, my abilities... My well, talents, my well, poor, this, raw talents. Well, well before we no. get ahead of ourselves, this is our contestant, uh, Fred. Uh, welcome, Fred. Um, right. yeah. uh, so, do you have you been told yet uh, what what you're being to- brought here to prove it this week? Well, you know, I uh, you know, I've, I've you know, I've talked about how I could you know wrestle a bear, um, how I could uh, run in an entire country. I assume I'm probably going to be you know my king or something today. You know, I've talked about how I could. Eat, uh, you know, the hottest possible curry. Uh, you know, Scovilles in the uh, quadrillions. I reckon I can manage that. You know. Well, um, it's uh, none of those today. None of those yeah. today. Uh, yeah. Last week, you told your wife very confidently yeah, you could that. beat Serena Williams one on one at tennis. Oh, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, today's your lucky day because she's here tonight. Everyone's watching. She got. Uh, Muscle, muscle your arms and uh, looks like on telly, I must say. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly yeah. enough, yeah. a, well, a yeah. previous, uh, well, love. A, a a world, you know, a world greatest tennis player, yeah. pretty muscular, yeah. pretty yeah. good at tennis. Yeah. Are you ready? Millions of people at home are watching. Are you ready? Pr- pr- prove it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll prove it. No problem. You know, and, and you know, maybe afterwards I can show you a few things. You know, with, with, uh, uh, and a racket, love. Wonderful. Well. Uh, everyone, let's switch over to the Let's Have a Laugh at Them cam, and we'll be back after these messages. But this is not all a setup yet. They're not actually. I don't, you know, no, no, me. it's 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 real. You're gonna you're but, gonna have to but, you're gonna but, have to do yeah, the test. You, we were were gonna, I, you were gonna you were gonna you were gonna get I, so fucking embarrassed. I, I, thought, I thought we were bros. I thought we were you know. No, I, I am here. I am here. No, I am explicitly oh. here to uh, watch you fail. It's gonna feels, be gorgeous. Feels like a bit of a betrayal, mate. Feels. I'll, I'll be in. I'll be on. The show's called Prove It. Well, you know, what do you think it was? Get, what would you think it was? Well, gonna you know, you talk about reality TV, and it's not, you know, not really, not really well. Um, I, uh, just gonna need a quick um, um bar- bathroom. Oh, unfortunately, wow, there's no security, time. And welcome, that's there. security guard three line. Oh, uh, oh, 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 my arm. I've oh, I've seen. We've received a uh a, a shock of of the buzzer from the from the last round, and um, oh, it's always oh, all floppy now. Um, you know what time it is, audience. Embarrassed contestant buzzer. Yeah, yeah careful with the, careful with the buzzer. That's the one that got me. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well, you know, I obviously love. Uh, I would. You know, as I said, I would love to show you uh, tennis, uh, but, you know, there's not going to... Um, uh, <laughs> oh. 
it's a oh, it's a terrible day. It's a it's terrible a, it's, day. It's a terrible day. Oh goodness. All oh, right, right. We're we're oh. all we're all gathered here today oh. to mourn a a great and terrible loss. A terrible loss. My terrible loss. fellow movie industry executives. Indeed. We are we are here today. Yes. First to mourn a small amount of income that we are having to give up. Less than point zero 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 one percent of my value. I know, I know, but that is now money we are unfortunately going to have to give up now that we have caved on the uh, the WGA Parasites, strikes. every one of them. Parasites. I know, absolutely, sucking absolutely, us sucking us dry, sucking us dry. Um, we will weep, we will mourn. Yes, uh, we will never, oh. never get over the loss. Um, I'd, we also have one other um, round of mourning to do. Uh, at least this one's not ongoing, but um, yes, uh, we're also here to mourn the large amount of income that we lost by not just caving sooner. Two percent, two percent of my possible earnings lost, lost, absolutely devastated, devastated. Oh, Who goodness. could have foreseen that the public would still be paying attention? I'm so used to them just. Not giving a fuck after five minutes. Have we trained them to have shorter attention spans? Than oh, this? I know, I know. Well, uh, <laughs> we will all mourn in the traditional mm, way mm, with the twenty-one gun golden gun salute, yeah. firing solid gold bullets into the air in 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 uh, commiseration. Single disposable guns firing single disposable bullets of pure gold. Oh, indeed, it is the way. It diamonds is the way. and orphan meat. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Partial Justice Warriors. Partial Justice Warriors? Yeah. Right, Barry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, you know, getting a bit chilly, mate. Need, need soup season. Yeah, yeah. Ready, ready for the soup. You doing all right? Oh, I'm doing pretty all right, you yeah, know. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I was pretty, pretty happy to see the uh, positive news about the uh, WGA strike sort of coming to a close. Yeah, very positive. Yeah, yeah. Very positive. yeah. It's uh, ain't, ain't, ain't seen the uh, specifics of what their uh, deal is yet because mm. you know the official statement does seem to suggest that they are very happy. It mm. gives the impression that they uh, probably got most of the things that they were uh, their big their big points like mm. uh, no replacing writers with uh, with AI, mm. uh, residuals for streaming shows, stuff like that, which. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and, and I hope that you know other um, sectors find it empowering and and, and use that as for as their uh, reason to step forward and, well, and ex- stand up for themselves. And exactly, demands uh, fair and, and decent treatment. And I think it's important to like you know remember that like this isn't the end of the battle because like even you know WGA hasn't like signed the paperwork yet, so it's not yeah, technically yeah. over you know at this moment, but. There are other, you know, strikes still ongoing and other ones are, are uh, going to crop up again soon oh, yeah, because, like, yeah. SAG after is still going. And I will say, I, I, WGA do seem to have implied that, like, they have specifically fought for things they know that SAG after is fighting for to hopefully make an easier path for them to get their, you know, strike points now because they mm-hmm. can point at the mm-hmm. WGA and go, you gave the WGA those things give them to us yeah, you know yeah. uh but you know that's that's a fight that's not done yet the um artist and illustrators uh animation unions are currently striking yeah, yeah, yeah. um it seems like the sag after voice actors union is about to start striking probably yeah, I didn't see much about the uh, vfx artist so there was rumblings on that um yeah, and again you know there's still time it might still happen yeah. uh it, it's good seeing so many um you know separate but 
in the same industry uh, industry sort of yeah. going this is a moment and let's ride this wave and let's get it all done yeah, you know I, 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 I hope it spreads you know far and wide yeah it, it honestly seems like a good time for unions at the moment in in general anyway you, yeah. you know you're seeing more and more video game unions starting to form Excellent. um yeah. we, weird that it's never happened before but for all my problems with joe biden uh, he is the first ever sitting president to go and join the picket line of a union yeah. um, with the uh, automotive workers union, joke, honest, which is like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a low fucking bar across, yeah. but no president has ever done that before while in office as president, yeah. so fucking more power. It really does seem like we're reaching a tipping point of uh, the wealthy realising, oh, fuck, we've kind of pushed the working class and, the, you know... Further than we really should have, and we're getting some pushback. Yeah, you know the the, you know, the uh, agreements we made, things like the forty-hour working week and so forth. These were, you know, ultimately uh, agreements based on the fact that we wouldn't, you know, come to the houses of the wealthy and burn them down. To you know, burn them down in their sleep. Exactly. Definitely. And again, like the forty-hour work week is it means a very different thing today than what it meant when it was introduced. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know. The the idea when it was uh, introduced was a single person working a full-time forty-hour week could support themselves in a family on yeah, that, and yeah, that yeah. is certainly not what that means anymore. Yeah, and I've been and, hearing things recently talking about, you know, like medieval serfs weren't working nearly as hard as, you know, people, oh, God, like people yeah. are today, you know, and, and they were considering, you know, working for, working themselves to, to death, basically, you know, yeah, in, in, in yeah. horrible conditions. So, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, it, it, it feels like we are having a moment of uh, con a consciousness happening of yeah. uh, quite how badly we are being fucked over by the upper classes, and yeah. I am glad to see th like a degree of solidarity for striking workers and yeah. an, like a more general awareness of don't fucking cross the picket line, don't be a scab, support strikers. Absolutely, and so, I, you know I hope this expands and continues, and uh, yeah, long may it continue, and uh, until everyone has. Their honestly, fair if, we, if we get to the point where there's a fucking general strike, more fucking power to well, yeah, fucking strikers. Yeah, I've been calling for it for years. I mean, so, it would, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we got there in the next decade. It feels like it is increasingly likely. Yeah, I mean, they can only keep raising the voting age for uh, for so long. Indeed. Oh, uh, young mate. oh yeah. <sighs> yeah. Good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Right, we can go and pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds good, sounds good. Nice, nice. So, Laura? Yes? You do stuff, what I is on the internet I that people stuff. can see. yeah. Tell, tell us about where do. You can find the stuff I do on the internet at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Uh, Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Um, you find me on Mastodon, Blue Sky, wherever you find people, you'll find me at Laura K Buzz. Yeah. Uh, things I've got coming up. The big one, Stories of Autistic Joy. It's releasing on October 19th. October 19th, The 19th of October. That's the date and month combination of when it's releasing. That's less than a month away. A yeah. uh, bunch of positive, uh, you know, stories from autistic people about their own, you know, internal experiences of joy. It's that a beautiful are book. Specific to them. It's a beautiful little book. I'm very proud of it. Should be. Uh, check, check that out soon. Uh, there is an episode of Access Ability going up this week that is about 
uh, the leaked design for a new Xbox controller, and some of the accessibility positives of it maybe having motion controls, but also the fact that, like, there's some negatives, and they probably won't be a thing immediately, but by 2028, Xbox will need to have a plan of how to not shoot their own accessibility efforts in the foot if they do this. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favourite episodes I've worked on in a while. I'm really proud of it, and it feels like a video I can put out at a time where there's five years for someone to act upon it. So I'm, I always like those. Um, we can call back to it in five years' time and go, indeed. did they do the right thing? Exactly. We can look in five years and go, did they follow Laura's very good advice? Mm. Um so, yeah, check those out. Uh, what about you? Where are you at on the internet? Oh, me? I have, I, I don't have all your unified branding, but I've got a link tree. It's linkter.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. I make music. I design t-shirts, all sorts of things. Uh, you can find all of my links over there. I've, I've got a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash radio For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week and, and help me keep creating all the things that I do. You can watch me stream. I stream on Thursday nights around um, about 8 o'clock UK time. Uh, yeah, come come on by. Say hello. We have a, a lovely chat. We've got a Discord. Yeah, come say hi. Uh, Laura? Yes? Will you sing this out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Mm -hmm.